Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are here with awesome writer David Peepos from Live to Tape, is I think what we've decided, from the floor of Baltimore Comic Con. David, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, fellas. Uh, I really appreciate all the support you guys have given my work, and I'm uh, excited to be chatting in person. Yeah, all no right. problem. So, before we get to the books, I'm just curious, what has, what is Baltimore Comic Con like for you? What is the booth experience like for you? Oh, I, I love Baltimore. Um, this show has always been very good to me. Um, ever since my first book, Spencer and Locke, came out, uh, this show has really always uh, taken great pains to, to, to make the experience really fun for me. Um, and I, I have a lot of great memories associated Associated with this place, uh, the Ringo Awards. Uh, my very first time being nominated for uh, Spencer and Locke. Uh, not only did I get to go to the award ceremony, the, uh, the the convention organizers actually snuck my mother in um, to, to surprise wow. me, um, and uh, I, I won my first Ringo um, uh, the last time I was at this show two years ago. Um, and so it, it, I love this show. I, I, I'll, I'll come as often as they'll have me, and uh, uh, this year is not disappointed. Awesome. Well, let's jump into it, and I'm probably going to have to sit back so that Pete can yell at you for a while about (laughs) Punisher. This is the big deal, is you're introducing a new Punisher at Marvel. Uh, How how did this come about, and what is the pressure like in terms of... (laughs) completely reinventing this classic character. Yeah, um, so the way that, that this new Punisher uh, gig came about is um, I had written Punisher 2099 in the pages of Savage Avengers, and that came about, um, you know, when I started writing the series, uh, it had Conan the Barbarian in it, and when I had pitched it, I said, you know, um, it's up to you if we keep Conan past the first arc or not, uh, he's in the Hyborian Age, so it's easy to write him out. And um, I had just finished turning in issue two when the word came on down from up high that our, our licensing agreement had changed. So, yes, use that escape hatch. And so for arc two, I, uh, I said, let's go to 2099. Let's put in Punisher 2099. And uh, Tom Brevoort, my editor on the book and, and, and the editor of Punisher, he, uh, he really liked what I did with Jake Gallows in, in Savage Avengers. And so he said, hey, so we're looking to uh, do a new run on Punisher. But here's the twist. Uh, it's not going to be Frank Castle. It's going to be a brand new Punisher. Uh, are you in? And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, it's, it's like the Godfather asking. Uh, you know, I, I, I love working with Tom. I, I respect the hell out of him. Uh, there's no way that I, of course, I would work with him on this. 
And um, yeah, it was definitely a mix of it was it was pressure, but also kind of freeing. Um, it's mm-hmm. uh, getting to write a legacy character. Uh, it's a really fun exercise because it's it's almost like a centrifuge. You figure out like what are the core parts of the character that are important that have to transcend no matter what incarnation, and then you also figure out like all right, if we there are th- certain things you need to keep. What are you going to do to kind of make things a little different? Um, and something that really kind of stood out to me, I looked at uh, Danny Ketch, uh, you know, um, as Ghost Rider, as a big inspiration. Sam Alexander as Nova. Um, and Robbie Ray's as Ghost Rider. Nice. And Robbie especially really kind of uh, uh, made something click for me. In the same way that, like, Robbie Ray's made the transition for Ghost Rider from, like, motorcycle culture to muscle car culture, mm-hmm. I said, okay, the Punisher is, is sort of Marvel's leading kind of, like, hardware guy. Uh, how do we kind of shift that from being sort of a, a death wish kind of vibe? I said, well, what if we did John Wick? Um, you know, lean into the gun fu choreography of it all yeah. rather than focusing so much specifically on the hardware. Um, and that kind of really became the bedrock of this this new run, which our opening arc with uh, our new Punisher, Joe Garrison, an ex-Shield Wetworks agent, uh, I pitched it as John Wick beats the fugitive. Um, okay. Someone has blown up Joe's house with his family still inside. And because the authorities have no idea that this man was a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, a S.H.I.E.L.D. black ops agent, uh, they all think the husband did it. So he's on the run trying to figure out who set him up and why. And over the course of this uh, uh, opening mission, uh, it's about how he doesn't really take up the name of the Punisher. This is sort of a legacy that's kind of thrust upon him. Mm -hmm. And how does he eventually accept this role? And how does this mission turn into a long-term war? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say I, I am so relieved to hear all this and very excited. <laughs> Pete's crying right now. Um, yeah, I mean, th- it's a huge deal. I'm a huge Punisher fan, so like a new Punisher is something that is a needle scratch for me mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, shit, what are we doing? <laughs> and so like that explanation was just such a, oh, this is, I'm very excited. I'm glad, I'm glad to, to hear it. I mean, it, this is one of those things. I, I Listen. Anytime there's a legacy character, people are going to have questions. They're going to. People are going to immediately sort of have thoughts about like trying to anticipate like what is this going to look like. Yeah, yeah. And then the Punisher, especially that is a character. Even Frank Castle, like everybody has an opinion about this character in one direction or the other. And so this was something that artist Dave Wachter and I and, and Tom Bravord and I uh, we had extensive conversations trying to figure out like okay, how do we kind of build a bigger table here? Um, we're not looking to alienate existing Punisher fans. Uh, my goal is to sort of bring all of them back and say like okay anybody who like just wants a, like a, a clean jumping on point um, let's do it how do we how do we introduce a Punisher in the year 2023 that isn't at the expense of anybody else uh, that isn't punching down on anybody yeah. else but still maintains all the grit and intensity and attitude that has made the Punisher endure for 50 years um, and that's something that like we spent a long time thinking about but ultimately uh, the goal for this for this character especially once we finish our origin arc um, leading into our second arc and, and, and further stories with Joe, I pitched him as uh, the People's Punisher. Uh, oh, nice. You know, uh, I, I think um, Jerry Conway talked about how, like, the Punisher is an indictment of society, that something has broken down that if, if a character like the Punisher needs to exist. And I think back when that came out, that was, like, the year that Death Wish came out. Um, the first uh, Punisher miniseries, uh, Bernard Getz, was on trial for the subway vigilante. In the year 2023, I think it's that nobody's looking out for the little guy. People fall through the cracks. And, and my thinking is, uh, if the authorities can't help you, maybe there's somebody else who can help you settle the score. Nice. Um, and so uh, we're not sacrificing uh, any of the intensity, any of the violence. Uh, I know a lot of people have asked me, like, 
is are, does the Punisher have bullets? The very first title of the very first issue is the bullet that follows. Uh, the, the Punisher has bullets. Uh, he is killing people, uh, not just with guns, uh, sometimes with their own weapons, sometimes with uh, things in the environment. I kind of love the improvisation of it all, oh, the, yeah. the choreography. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm having a ton of fun. Dave Wachter is really the unsung hero of this book. Uh, this I, I I think this is sort of his his big homecoming party. That's um, awesome. You know I, I I you you might know him from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Planet of the Apes, which always like cracks me up that he did like this anthropomorphic stuff because uh, he draws humans great, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, you will see how great he draws humans in this. Um, he's uh, in the middle of uh, I believe our second issue now, and all these pages are just just jaw dropping. They are fantastic. Can I ask you about the name? Because yeah. a garrison is kind of like a castle, <laughs> but it's different. You know, it's funny. We were looking it up. Um, you know, I was looking up. You know, you look at people like Frank Castle, Jake Gallows. Like, there's there's a certain kind of Junus that comes yeah, to sure. with, with the with with the with your naming a Punisher. And so um, we looked up just like what are just we looked at the census. Just like what are some like very common names that still have that kind of certain uh, evocative quality. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we came up with kind of a long list of possible names, and that was sort of the one that we, we wound up zeroing in on. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a Having written Jake Gallows for a little while, I was trying to figure out okay, what's a good like a good follow up name and uh, yeah, so 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 uh, Joe Garrison, uh, uh, I, I hope he sticks around for the long haul. And I did want to ask you about the revised costume yeah. as well. Yeah. So obviously the Punisher logo for the new Punisher has been redesigned. It looks like you can plug something into him. Can you? Can you? Is he an outlet? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. So the thing about the, this new Punisher outfit is um, we were trying to figure out a way, like, again, how do we evoke uh, what came before without really repeating what came before? And so uh, that actually winds up being kind of a core plot point of this book is this is, this is Joe's kind of shield black ops ballistic suit. And what winds up happening is... Um, He's not going around saying he's the Punisher. It just so, so happens an eyewitness sees this shield suit, thinks, that looks like a skull. Mm. And suddenly the media runs with it. And people are saying, is there a new Punisher? And uh, that's sort damn of... Damn media, man, every time. That's that's a lot of Joe's arc <laughs> in this opening arc. Is uh, It's going to go from, uh, it doesn't really matter what they call me, to uh, maybe they're right. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you about Moon Knight City of the Dead because yeah. you yes. also got to introduce Scarlet Scarab yeah. in that arc. What, what was that like? What was important in... Because this was introduced as a MCU, not exclusive character, but MCU first character, and yeah. then you're taking her back to comics. So what was important to hold on to and what was important to add on to? Yeah, boy, um, it was such an honor to, to be able to do this. Um, you know, I've wanted to write Moon Knight for some time. Awesome. Um, I tried to include him not once but twice in Savage Avengers. Mm. Um, and uh, just due to, to sheer character space, it wasn't able to work out. Um, and so I, I remember the second time that it didn't work out, I said to Tom Braveheart, Listen, if there's ever an opportunity to do anything Moon Knight related, please let me know. I love the character. I'd love to do something with him. And uh, that turned into Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. Um, Tom said, actually, Moon Knight's very hot right now. We're doing an anthology. And so I got to do uh, a story with Leo Romero, who's uh, hot on uh, Birds of Prey. Right now, you should pick it up if you haven't. Um, we did a story called, um, we did a, story called uh, a Hard Day's Night, 
mm-hmm. uh, where it's basically uh, The Hangover starring Moon Knight and all of his altars. Uh, <laughs> he, he crawls into a diner all beat up, and his altars are sitting in the booth, and he's like, who's responsible for, like, this knife wound in my shoulder? And he goes, actually, that's a claw mark. It was vermin. It's me, Jake Lockley. I fought vermin in the sewers. Uh, why is my right shoulder burned? Uh, Stephen Grant's like, oh, I was fighting Crossfire in the financial district. He's firing some financial rounds, and, like, a tooth falls out. He's like, what is this? And Conchie's like, oh, yeah, I fought Juggernaut tonight. I didn't think it was worth your attention. Uh, <laughs> And uh, that story was, uh, was, was, was really well received, I, I think, of course, on the back of Leo's amazing artwork. And so um, last summer, Tom hit me up and said, hey, Moon Knight's hot, continues to be hot, thanks to Disney Plus and Jed McKay. Uh, we're looking to do a miniseries. Do you have any ideas? And the first question I said, can we bring in Scarlet's Um I think she was the highlight of uh, the Disney Plus show. Yeah, uh, definitely. Mae Calumway is uh, such a talented actress and a, a really kind person to boot. She's been so supportive of this book. Um, and... Uh, uh, so what was so funny is that um, I think it was like a month or so later, Jed McKay uh, was writing sort of an extended Moon Knight 25, and he says to Tom, hey, what if we included Scarlet Scarab? <laughs> and um, Tom Bravort, you know, just, uh, he really is like a Jedi master of editorial. I can't say enough good things about working with him. He was like, actually, so we have a miniseries that she's going to be in the underworld. Maybe we can dovetail our efforts. Um, so Jed got to introduce Layla's first appearance and her death. And then I was able to reintroduce her as sort of the Moon Knight of the Underworld. Mm. Uh, nice. And, uh, yeah, it's such an amazing costume design, particularly with the wings and the blades. And so Marcelo Ferreira took uh, his own pass at kind of his own interpretation of this MCU costume. And I think he did such a fantastic job with it. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I love writing the, the, the character Scarlet Scarab. Um, you know, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that, yes, this is absolutely a launch pad for her that, like, if Jed wants to use her down the line or any other Moon Knight writers down the line or any other creators at Marvel down the line, she is she will be open for people to, to, to use her in the 616. Um, and yeah, just a, a really fun character that kind of, she has a lot of shared traits with Mark, but not necessarily the same amount of self-loathing. Um, she's not, she doesn't look to prove anything about herself. She just happens to be the full package. Uh, before we let you go, I did want to yeah. ask you, you have a, I believe, creator-owned work, The Devil That Wears My Face, yeah. which sounds wild and very dark. What yeah. can you say about that? Yeah, uh, I'm super excited about that series. Um, I've been billing it as uh, Face Off Meets The Exorcist. Face Off Meets The Exorcist? Yeah, man. Yeah. I had to stop on that one. Hey. No, the Devil Wears My Face, uh, you can pre-order it at your local comic shop through this weekend, but I am doing a signing at the Mad Cave Studios booth at noon, um, just right over in that direction, so I can sign a copy for you right there. Good, I'll come through. All right. Look at this. My hype man, your check's in the mail. Um, (laughs) So uh, The Devil That Wears My Face, it's about an 18th century uh, Vatican priest named Father Franco Vieri. He is grappling with a deep and profound crisis of faith and is called upon to perform an exorcism um, for a nobleman's son in Spain. The problem is uh, the ritual backfires, and suddenly Vieri finds himself trapped in a stranger's body, and a demon has hijacked his own body and is heading back to the Vatican to wreak destruction. Uh, so if you're a fan of uh, Face Off, The Exorcist, The Count of Monte Cristo, uh, it's a really fun book. It's my first horror book. Uh, it's a nice horror action kind of thriller. Uh, I'm working with Alex Cormick on it. Um, you might know him from Road of Bones, Sea of Sorrows, uh, the upcoming Drive Like Hell uh, from, from Dark Horse. Um, and he is just, uh, he's one of the most talented artists I've ever worked with. He is certainly, uh, I think, the best horror artist of his generation. Um, he literally draws three books at a time and uh, doesn't slow down, doesn't skimp on any details, is uh, just a wonderfully gracious collaborator. I can't say enough good things about him. Wow. 
That's awesome. David, where else, where should people check you out, yeah. socially or otherwise? Uh, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter or, or, or X um, at uh, PeposD. Uh, same thing on Blue Sky. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, same thing at PeposD. It's my last name, first initial. Or David Pepos Comics on Facebook. Or you can subscribe to my newsletter, Pep Talks, at bit.ly slash pepnews. Or uh, visit davidpepos.com. Awesome. awesome. David, thank you so much. Have a great show. Thank you so much for having me. And if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books or whatever you want to talk about. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok or Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And if you're in Baltimore, come check us out at Booth A23. Yo, Brittany.